Hello and welcome to a new podcast series, Delvey Automotives, Cars of the Decades, plural. Uh, I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by a slew of people. Christopher Strickland. Hello. Sam Green. Good afternoon. Hello all. And the the big one, saying the best for last, the Jersey Royal. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me on the show today, Sean. And may I say what a pleasure it is for you to have me here. I'd like to point out, all of us have got hello. And then you get Monty just was like, here's uh, a picture from my biography. (laughs) If uh, you look under the dictionary for uh, the term egotistical, do you know it's spelled (laughs) M-O-N-T-Y? Is that the dyslexic uh, version? Anyway, so new podcast series, the uh, the cars of the decade. Basically, this sort of uh, stems from our thing we did at the end of last decade uh, of our cars of the decade, and so we're now going to go back in history and uh, do the race cars and road cars from each decade and say which one we think is the coolest or the best or of some reasonable uh, talking about. Thing really, or in case that was really bad one. English, but never mind. Or in case of this one, the 1920s, yeah. actually finding a car in the first place. Yes, so we're going to be. <laughs> so we're gonna. We, we had a little discussion. To say, do we do we sort of go back to the 2000s, then 90s and 80s, or do we just go straight back 1920s, hundred years ago, a time of big moustaches and uh, slight Even bigger cars. Yes, very big cars. Um, so that's what, that's what we're doing. We're starting in the 1920s. And we're going to be doing race cars for starters. Because, you know, start fast, start hard. What's the worst that could go wrong? <clears throat> anyway, so chaps, usual time limit, five minutes, or until we run out of stuff to say, whichever comes first. Uh, and we're going to talk about some cars from the 20s, of the last 20s. Sound okay. good? Sounds good. Good. Right then, Samantha, you're first. Okay. So I probably had a slight advantage with these first couple of categories, having worked on vintage race cars. Um, I tend to know at least a few more. Uh, so I've gone for probably the most well-known of this era anyway, the Bentley four and a half litre. So called because? It's a four and a half litre engine. This is a... This is the pre-blower, so this is before they put the supercharger on the front. Because um, the supercharger came in, Alistair, any ideas? Uh, I'm going to guess about 1924 or 25. No, no, much later than that. It was 1930, which completely ruled it out for this podcast. That I did not so know. <laughs> it was the four and a half litre. It was the four and a half litre that I had to go with. Um, they started sort of racing these uh, in 23 at Le Mans. Um, of no, obviously, people there wasn't a lot less sort of big races. This was sort of pre the world sports car championship and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, did it run the Targa Florio? Uh, I don't think there was a works effort, but there quite possibly will have been a couple racing as like private entries. There tends to be the way it was at that sort of time, there was a lot less sort of factory teams, someone would buy a car and then go racing with it. Um, so obviously it was quite a popular car from that respect because it was quite quick. It was very, very powerful for its time. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was 
generally speaking, relatively successful. Um, the four and a half litre was probably kind of in the middle of the range. It wasn't their most successful car of that era. That was probably um, the blower or, ironically, the three litre because the three litre was, although slightly underpowered, actually slightly better with its tyres. So for things like Le Mans, it ran for a bit better um, over the long race. Whereas, obviously, the six and a half litre or the blower um, were a lot more powerful but then shredded their tyres and were more prone to breaking down and things like that, which obviously, especially at the, even now, but especially at that sort of time, even at Le Mans was um, a, a big thing. You needed to try and get the reliability out of it. So the naturally aspirated four and a half litre uh, was a very good <clears throat> sort of way of them doing that. Were you um, running like one man team back in Le Mans in that, in that era? I think you could. I think there wasn't a rule that said you had to run a certain amount of drivers, so potentially they would have been running one. But I think most yeah, of most of them had two. Yeah, at two the time, really. Could you imagine yeah, running that Bentley for twenty-four hours, no power steering, no, no synchro gearing, nothing, weighs like seven tons. Yeah, nothing to save you. You know, weighs seven tons. You've got four and a half liters in front of you. You've got how much brake horsepower, Sam? I'm being harsh uh, there. It's like 140, I think. 150? Yeah, well, yeah, it's about 150 horsepower. Yeah, so you got 150 horsepower in 1920, which is a lot. And also, think where the centre of gravity is whenever you turn the corner, how the G-force <clears> is going to be on, on your body. Yeah, it's above your side. head on a blower yeah. Bentley, isn't it? Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do it. You you do quite literally sit below it. Um, I mean, this thing would do 130, nearly 140 mile an hour. Whoa. Yeah, that was fast. Um, now and, these yeah. weren't wooden wheels back then. They they, they progressed no, slightly they were, on. They were that. wire. They were wire wheels. Um, but um, but still, drum brakes, ladder chassis. Um, Enzo Ferrari. This is one of my favourite things about this car. Is Enzo Ferrari called the Bentleys of this era the fastest <laughs> lorries in the world because they were <laughs> because they were as a famous quote. It's not very, very, it's not very similar to a modern NASCAR. Then. <laughs> well, yeah, they were, yeah, they weren't too dissimilar to the kind of feel, like the the uh, thinking behind them. Of it's just a quite a big engine, lots of power, but other than that, not particularly agile or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> you are slightly wrong on there, Sam. It, it wasn't. It's not Enzo Ferrari. I thought it was Enzo. Who was no, it? No, it's Ettore Bugatti. Oh, Bugatti. Uh, it was Bugatti. Uh, I knew it was one well, of them. It, it was someone who fans to be outspoken <laughs> about other cars and they don't realise uh, the uh, inferiority of their cars as well. Do you know what I've just realised? Yeah, none of us have picked a Bugatti. <clears throat> no. I thought all about the it. cars we could have picked, none of us picked a Bugatti. I'm not that big a fan of Bugatti. Maybe that's just something. Yeah. Yeah, right. I quite like them of this kind of era, to be fair, but the Bentley was just cool, so I went with that. Um, they did obviously the, the, the short wheelbase. Oh, that's the one as well as a. Uh, yeah, so that's. Um, only, Which is only about like, three metres long. Uh, let's see. It, yeah, just, um, <laughs> just Boom, under three metres, to be honest. It's 2.9 2. <clears throat> metres. Um, so you go from a cruise liner to a mega yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, um, but either way, it was, it was a uh, very, very successful car. 
I think it's the it long story short. It was a very successful car. Um, it was a very popular race car at the time because, like I said, a lot of people, you could just buy a Bentley and it wouldn't be that dissimilar to what the works team were running. Um, we, I, I worked on a couple of four and a half litres in my time and they are fantastic. Um, That's time. I'm just going to finish this Please point do. as well. The thing that you have to remember, that this is a racing car, is that when I was working on one of these, <clears> when you change the oil in the engine or the gearbox, you don't have to jack the car up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. You just oh, lay that. underneath it. You just lay underneath Amazing. it and away you go. Just where you want. Actually, just to add on what now, Sam's saying there about the reliability, I'm just thinking about this back in the 20s. You know, This was at a time when um, the London to Brighton race was a big thing because cars couldn't even cope for 60 miles. You know, that, That's something we take for granted today, isn't it? London to Brighton. But that was a big I mean, thing back then. And here's something, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> okay, so for anyone who knows how to buy reliable cars, uh, quotation marks, um, yeah, we can, we can take that for so granted. Just, you know, back then that was a big feat, and here's this thing doing 24 hours of racing around Le Mans, which is arguably thousands of miles. Uh, well, yeah, the speeds obviously were a lot lower. I think the average speed when it was sort of racing at Le Mans, the average speed was around 60 mile an hour. Even the Did Nissan you, could over... do that. Yeah, even uh, the that, that's still 1,200 miles, give um, or take, oh, well, over 1,200. Well, yeah, it's still quite, it's still quite a long way, but um, and anyway, that is the average mm. lap speed, obviously. So. Anyway, so going from the uh, the fastest story in the world, we're going to have something a, a little bit lighter next. This is my choice. Uh, you know, know me, know me, guys. It's a uh, Italian red and an Alfa Romeo. It's the Alfa Romeo P2, which didn't often finish P2. It won some races, which is a very unfortunate name. Um, so Alfa Romeo P2. It's, very pretty, I think, for the car. For the time it looks Very like a proper, it's like a proper race car, especially with a big number on the front. Um, Nineteen twenty-five, I believe it came out, or twenty-four, twenty-four, uh, and yeah, fifteen race victories, raced for about six years, from nineteen twenty-four to nineteen thirty. Won the million, won the original. Uh, was it? I've lost it. Hang on. It was the inaugural winner. Of the Automobile World Championship in 1925. How's that for a stat? That is quite cool. Was and, this the uh, one that was the first killed... ever world champion car? Was this the one that killed the bloke who invented the um, the Clover? I um, think it may have uh, been just possibly, after because looking at in photos of them, they've got the clover leaf in the triangle. The original ones, the clover leaf in the diamond. It... Uh, yeah, it has uh, got right. Okay. There's one I'm looking at on Wikipedia. <laughs> you obviously is a very, a very good, very good source. Doing this, John. I did, but then I fell asleep. Anyway, no, the, the, the uh, Alfa Romeo P2 is what um, badge. Antonio Scari, I think. That's the one. Yep, that's right. Anyway. Cool. I mean, you know, cool as in. It's an interesting fact, not cool as in. Good God, this brought this. Wow, Chris, one of the stop digging. <laughs> Pretty well wow. racing Bloody guns. northerners. Stop it. That's our sense of humour. We love a good bit of death. Uh, back down the coal mines. Let's go. Let's go. Urge them all. I think Chris is actually Chris is actually incorrect as well because I think you're thinking of Alberto Ascari, not Antonio Ascari. That's not the same last name. Yes, but. Yeah, come on. Anyway, the one who won the F1 in 52 and 53. His father, Antonio, was the one that yeah. used to drive the Alfa Romeos after World War One. Oddly enough, 
Okay. I was going to say that to die twice to come back from the dead thirty years later. Jesus races yeah. in F one. <laughs> they faked his death. Anyway, to come back and do the same. Anyway, thing. no. Let me talk about my car. No. Right. So Sam's car weighed a, a, a slightly slightly heavy sixteen hundred kilos. Any more electric car these days thinks that's a, a lightweight. Um, this thing weighed six hundred and fourteen, so nearly a ton less. And it doesn't, you know, in terms of its silhouette, it's pretty similar. It's a lot smaller. It's physically a lot smaller. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Did so, we just take a yeah. Fraser Nash and then go? Oh, that's a good idea. Let's copy it. Nah. Well, if any, I'll be honest. Knowing Fraser Nash, it was probably the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so it's sort of it's it, as twenties cars look. They're basically long cigars with wheels sticking out of them, which is you know it's it's, it's fine it's, it's what they are it has got a colossal exhaust out the side which is probably dangerous nah. uh, it's got a, it's, it's bad fine you step over that <laughs> you cook your lunch it's got um, you do you know you drive it's got a, a starter a starter crank handle which is the just just it's just it's, it's a better way Proper. it's better than batteries I, I mean I, yeah I, I, Christ, I who wants to, to start a one. car with a button why not just crank it with your handle with the potential of breaking your wrist well if you're because if your battery runs flat, what are you going to do, Chris? I don't know. Call the air. the hill and turn the key. You can eat. Yeah. Yes. You could do that. Or you could use a crank handle. Yes. And do it all yourself. Because when my first wrist breaks, I then want to have the opportunity to break my second wrist. <laughs> you know, you see, you only break your wrist if you don't know what you're doing. Um, yeah, Chris. Which we all know what we're doing from the first. I'm so, anyway, I, I imagine so there's, there's a lot of people who didn't know what they were doing. Probably. So that's about this car. So but they wouldn't have been the drivers; they would have been the mechanics. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're expendable. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't matter about them. Anyway, so the car had a front-mounted Alfa Romeo Straight Eight, which is a pretty. I, I don't. I don't think of any cars that have straight eights, especially in the last lots of years. Yeah, modern, not really. Right. Um, had a. Oh, has superchargers. I'm learning. I'm learning stuff as I go here. It's pretty cool. It had a twin fruit supercharger. A, it was a two-liter engine, 140 or 155 horsepower. Assuming depending on not bad. How, depending probably depending on how much Alpha actually bothered doing the, their production properly. Um, a 2.6 meter car, and yeah, as I said, weighs 600 kilos, which is not I a mean, lot at all. It's like a Lotus. Yeah, that is light by modern standards, yeah. and we so think this, of cars from the twenties uh, as being yeah, you know very. these huge, big. Yeah. I mean, Blunderbuss. which most of our yeah, but remember this. This is Italian, so it could have just rusted away. It could have originally been like four tons, <laughs> but by the time it came off the production line, it was down to its uh, super leger weight. This was um, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but this was kind of more designed for the Grand Prix rather than the Bentleys. Like, yeah, there was a it was a Grand Prix racing. It also won the Targa Floria because you know. Yeah, because. What, what used to happen in those days is you would buy a Grand Prix car and then bolt some wheel arches to it and take it to a sports car race. So it could do the Targa Florio and then you'd take the wheel arches off and go back to Monza to do the Grand Prix. Yeah, so after racing for six years, they won the French, the Italian, the Belgian, lots of Grand Prix basically because, you know, I'm basically seeing lots of places in Italy that they won, which is it's pretty cool. But I, I chose this car just because it's pretty. It so is very pretty. And that I makes mean, it a car of the decade for me. <laughs> personally, I don't think it's the prettiest thing in the world. It, respect, it well, reflects the 1920s, and I think you're wrong. Well, Chris, seeing as it's now your turn, that doesn't matter. why don't you try and beat it? <laughs> well, yeah. I do. Come on, then. What because have you got? There's a, there's a 
you might find there's a theme with the rest of the race. Plan. You check, see, yeah. So, there, so let's just say, for the viewers' benefit, racing was um, a little bit, shall we say, more streamlined in the sense that there weren't 400 million series. Racetrack, I think, during the 20s, maybe two. Two, Monza and Brooklyn. <laughs> With yeah, Monza were, constructor yeah. as well. And okay. Nürburgring. Yeah. And Nürburgring, three. Oh, yeah. So we had three whole tracks. It was Spa. No, no, Spa was public roads back then, wasn't it? Spa yeah, was exactly. roads, yeah. Anyway, if, if we may, anyway. Just, just take a step back. Racing... Right, the essence of racing. Does anybody know what the essence Not of racing is? Bang bang. Don't exactly, die. Sam. Going fast. It's not about you know. Don't die. It's not about corners. It's not about other people. It's just about going fast. <laughs> who is the who can drag be race. the fastest ever? And so my car is a land speed record. Drag racer. Uh, mine's the Sunbeam 350 horsepower land speed record car from uh, 1920. And I've lost it. We should say that I basically jumped this idea on everyone at like six o'clock last night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's now like midday the next day. Sorry, carry on. Chris. Anyway, so no, this car set the land speed record three times in 1922, 1925, and 1924. And it set it using a V12 single overhead cam, 18.3 litre aero engine. So this That's thing basically, yes. it, it's, a, it's a big engine. It is. It is a big engine. It basically took an aircraft engine and thought, oh, we'll just put some wheels on it, four-speed transmission, <laughs> stick it to a back axle with a final drive ratio of 151 and, and see what we can do. And to its credit... Was this one chain-driven uh, or was it shaft-driven? No, I think it was shaft-driven. It might have been trained... Uh, yeah, it was shaft-driven rather than chains of other cars because, you know... Why would you want a spinning chain that could rip your arm off when you just want a shaft? Well, there's quite a lot of the Bentley, uh, not Bentleys, but um, sort of the Bikes. Bugattis and stuff and other other ones where you all change them. Mm. Well, Fraser yeah. Nash changed yeah. them right up to the Give you some idea of what it was. So this thing was one and a half tons, which to be fair, quite big. Is, is this not it's not bad. a Bentley. It's lighter than yeah, the Bentley. But it is, and it's five metres long. So it's a big boy. <laughs> um, but as to be fair, 18.3 litres and it's one and a half tons. It's not bad. Um, I'd say a, pro, a, a vast no, portion I mean, of that probably is like 60% of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so this, so the Sunbeam, there were two iterations of Sunbeam land speed record cars. I'll touch on the second one because the second one's awesome. Um, but this first one, as I said, had 350 brake horsepower. It f- broke its last land speed record in 1925, and it set a speed record of 150.87 miles an hour. And it was the first oh. car to make somebody travel over 150 150 miles an hour. That is fast. That's faster than my Celica, so props to it. Yeah, that, that's... That'll- it's not quicker than mine. No, myself. that'll take my BMW. I, I might beat it. Maybe. Oh, I'm in suspense. Tell um, us, what is the car? It was... I've told you what the car is. It's a Talbot Sunbeam, Sunbeam 350. A Talbot Sunbeam? What? Oh, I love those cars. Oh. No, it's a... Are you <laughs> one about my car or the, the, the race car? I'm messing with you. Carry on. I heard the ding-ding go on. 
<laughs> oh, is the ding ding already ding, gone off? What's no? You got four minutes, like three minutes. So. Fucking hell's <laughs> Anyway, it was driven. By, fuck you. It was driven by Malcolm Campbell in his many attempts at breaking a land speed record. Um, it's RIP. sorry. RIP. Uh, RIP. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's land's last land speed record up Pendan Sands, which is not bad. Anyway, Penine. the second car that I'm going to put on is another sunbeam. <laughs> it's covered again. But it's happening again, Sam. Back up, back up, back up. Sean just said R.I.P. Well, of course he's going to be bloody R.I.P. He was born in the 1880s. Yeah, but when we get to your car, Monty, we'll, we'll, it's, uh, it's a bit more. Is it? Okay. Anyway. Anyway, carry on. Anyway, the second car I want to touch on was the successor to the Sunbeam. It was, the, it was called the Mystery. I don't know why. It just it was called the mystery. But it was essentially a Sunbeam 1000 brake horsepower car. It was called the Sunbeam 1000 horsepower. But it only produced 900 brake horsepower. Full sabotage. I don't know. <laughs> I just call it the Sunbeam 900, but there we go. And But this thing had two, 20, two 22-litre V12 aero engines, which produced 900 brake horsepower. And the best thing... Wow. Know, right? And the best thing... In the 20s was the way that they connected the two. So you had an engine at the front, then the driver, and then an engine at the back. And then the way they, they powered them up was you started the rear engine with an air compressor, then you fired up the front engine, got them synced, and then I, I hope the driver had a big handle <laughs> that connected the dog clutch to then sync the two engines together. So can you imagine you've got two engines in sync and you go, ka-dunk. As you move a big lever and then big things happen and two engines start sinking and running together. That's, that sounds awesome. That, that just sounds immense. Sounds awesome. <laughs> well, or it sounds or it sounds really bad if they're not in sync. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what would happen if it wasn't in sync. But the thing weighed four tons. That'd be a big explosion. Yeah, it'd be a massive explosion. <laughs> the thing was four tons and it was seven point six meters long. Jesus. That's kind of probably the first what we would call mm. now land speed record yeah. car because like, if you look at the 350 horsepower it, it could probably pass as uh, like a bentley like a stripped down bentley kind of thing you could see it's sort of similar it's a bit bigger but it's not that yeah. similar whereas a twin engined thousand horsepower 900 horsepower car that's that's a proper that's like powering now with the rocket in the blue in the um yeah. bloodhound sort yeah. of thing isn't it Madness. We should say, but these land speed record cars do tend to be in Bewley. So anyone who, once that's allowed to be open again to the public, definitely go down and have a look at these cars. Yeah, they're awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, uh, if I might just round next. off, I just round off. Yeah. So it says the record. Two years after, bearing in mind you've had two years, you've gone from something with one engine to two engines, and it set a mar- and it reset the record at two hundred miles an hour. That's nice. Not it's not bad. That's anyway, not bad. Do you think you can do better, Monty? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a bloody good try because I'm going to carry on from uh, where you've left off with that, really. Gonna... Uh, oh, sorry, Sean. Sh- shall I let you introduce me? I was going to say, basically. Go on. Sorry. I forgot yes, we have a host. Hi, Monty. Uh, I'll, 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 when I said RIP there, I did forget that. Uh, yes, yes they are. Never mind. So, carry on. Um, just, just, just to correct uh, Sean the there because he doesn't know his history. So, Donald Campbell uh, was. <laughs> 
<laughs> would happen to be the person that tried to do a water speed record in the 1960s and his uh, boat flipped and he died. Malcolm uh, is the, probably <laughs> the best way of describing it, actually, at 400 miles an hour, whatever ludicrous speed he was doing. Malcolm Campbell, on the other hand, was the one that got away with it all and, in fact, carried on doing land speed records until he was 50, where in 1935 he did manage to achieve a land speed record of plus 300 miles per hour. He died of natural causes after World War II. So, yes, RIP, Ooh. but not RIP in the sense of he was killed doing what he loved. RIP in the sense of he died as an old man. Fair play to you, sir, for surviving such a god-dangerous era of motorsports. Now, on to what I was actually going to talk about. So, uh, carrying on with him, I'm actually going to talk about his Bluebird cars. So, um... Essentially, after the Sunbeam uh, attempts, he wanted to try something well, essentially with his own name on it, something with his own design, and perhaps something just a bit more with it. Um, with Sunbeam, yes, as we've just heard, thanks, Chris. Um, 150 mile an hour land speed record. With the Bluebird, the target was 200 mile an hour. Now, um, the car did come in various different iterations. Uh, it was essentially the same car, just rebuilt with different engines put in it. Uh, but the spec of it was still amazing to look at because for a start, they carried on with the uh, aeroplane engines. So in its first guise, it had a 22-liter W12 uh, engine in it, which produced 450 horsepower, revving to only 2,000 revs. 450 horsepower at 2,000 revs. It's just that's diesel. Mental. <laughs> um, I swear my car idles at more than that. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. um, now, the last car, the Bluebird, was very, very long. Uh, so trying to make it a little bit shorter so it was a bit more drivable, obviously, was another thing as well they wanted. So this was shortened. It was only 4.6 How long was it, Monty? Long <clears throat> only. So uh, oh, I know. Tiny I car. know, I know. But uh, alas. So in its first uh, guise, back in 1927, uh, they attempted uh, to get the record. And uh, on its first run, they got 195 mile an hour. But uh, on the second run, it had dropped to 170 mile an hour because of a headwind. So uh, the record had failed. So, so because of that <laughs> came the Bluebird Mark III. Uh, I'm assuming there must have been a Mark II somewhere where uh, they had to rebuild the poor thing. and Maybe it blew up or something like that. I don't know. But moving on to the Mark III. So um, at this point, um, actually, the 170 mile an hour uh, record was actually an improvement on what had happened on the Sunbeam. Uh, unfortunately, one of his analysts, uh, Mr. Seagrave, had actually used the Sunbeam in a thousand horsepower, guys, to get that uh, 200 mile an hour target as Chris has mentioned. So the Bluebird 3 now had to try and sort things out. So with a brand new engine in it, which uh, now had the same uh, engine as what the, oh God, I believe it was one of the seaplanes back then uh, had to use. It was a W12 engine as well, but um, Campbell had to get, oh, it did. Must have weighed uh, a ton. Campbell, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, no, just no, the no. engine. It was a Must big, fat heifer. Um, because it was a project engine, I believe he had to get uh, permission from uh, the air ministry to have one of these engines put in a car just because it was a kind of secret project at the time. Um, it was a sub ah, thank you, thank you. Uh, now, the stats of this engine is even more amazing, I think, because it produced 900 horsepower 
at 3,200 revs. So again, we're, we're talking super duper diesel nice. stats going on here. Um, and this one <laughs> did work. Uh, so in February 1928, Campbell managed to take the land speed record again and got up to 206 miles an hour, uh, which uh, then produced the new land speed record wow. of its time. Uh, uh, I just say where, do you know where he did that? I've got it here. Where he did that, was, that, that, that was like of Daytona, wasn't it? Yeah, speed after that, so, it was. So there we are. So uh, it was. That's where that's it began, and then Florida. from then on, they put the noble. Go on. Can I just say, Monty? I was going to say this car. Yeah. It is Wikipedia picture with its silhouette. It looks a bit like the, the uh, Batmobile from it the nineties. See, it's ahead of its time. It does a little bit. Uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> to the ch- Yes, to no, the tune of seventy years. Um, now, in the nineteen twenty nine, uh, Campbell carried on modifying the car, but he felt that actually going on beaches was um, hindering the car's performance. So he he was looking for more kind of stable grounds as to where he could try and do the land speed record again. Um, back then, he was looking in Africa, places like Timbuktu, uh, Cape Town. Uh, the theory being that a nice dry uh, ground is going to be much uh, harder and of less resistance than driving through sand, which has just had sea on it two hours uh, before. So um, off he went to Africa, gave it a try, but uh, unfortunately the car had kind of reached its developmental peak and he wasn't able to better his land speed record. And in fact the land speed record that same month was lost to another car, which went 30 mile an hour faster than his. And for that, I'm going to shut up now and hand over. Good. Perfect. Because your time is up. But I'm going to hand over <laughs> now to shit. Who's left? Me. It is you. Cause you're now going to talk about what thrashed the bluebird, aren't you? Yes. Although there was a car in between the two we're going to talk about. So, Oh, cool. Since the oh, middle of the 20s, <laughs> the land speed record had been held by the British. And in 1928, oh, some pesky oh, Americans oh. came along with a car called a Triplex Special and America. managed to take the record away from Campbell. America. Damn you. Now, determined that we weren't going to let the Americans have the land speed record, some ex-Sunbeam engineers built a car <laughs> called the Golden Arrow. Which is a gorgeous car. Yeah, it was one of the first kind of streamlined land speed record cars. So it's one of the ones that starts looking more like the land speed record, the famous cars of the 30s that I think people tend to think of with old speed land speed records. Mm, It looked somewhat like someone had taken a fighter plane and chopped the wings off, to be quite frank. I mean, that is essentially (laughs) what they did. Essentially, yeah. Again, we have a W12 in this case, aero engine, producing 925 brake horsepower. So actually not a lot more than Campbell's Bluebirds, which I think, did you say were about 900, Monty? Yeah, but... Uh, Yes. Yeah, just at 900. Yes, it was 3,300 It did rev a lot higher, though, didn't it? Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it's a tw- I'll just say, I've just seen how big it is, this engine. A 23.9 yes, litre. it was not a small thing. My God, you'd measure that in acres, in... not in litres. That is 
Interestingly, it had no cooler That's liter- or no radiator. Oh yes, this was up. This was <laughs> ice cooled, wasn't it? Yes, it was cold as ice. <laughs> Uh, it was cold as ice. <laughs> yeah, where they'd um, been trying to streamline it, make it more aerodynamic, make it cut through the air, they decided they weren't going to have a radiator and they were just going to pack ice around it so the thing didn't cook <laughs> itself while it did the flying mile. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, amazing. this would later be... That's incredible. I think copy, the theory copied down the line when we went into the 30s. Campbell, for instance, had a radiator shut off on the later Bluebirds. But yeah, I think the Golden Arrow was one of the first cars really to do this. And it managed to snatch the record back from those pesky Americans by a whole 24 miles an hour. Boom. Nice. Yeah, so in 1929, so right before the end of the 20s, we got the record up to 231.45 miles an hour. Which that's the Americans' asses being spanked. <laughs> I think they were more impaled on the golden arrow. Than <laughs> <else>. <laughs> oh. I'm just looking at it. It's, it's... Am I seeing that the front's made of wood? I think there was some wood in its construction. Yes, I mean. So, so being impaled means they could go splinter. I mean, it's an arrow. It's that'd be really painful. Yeah. Long, sleek, and <laughs> very pointy at the front. If you look at it, I don't see any feathers though. It's got the little fin at the back. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but no, this 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 is a car. I'm pretty certain. I think I think this was also. Yes, a it beauty, is isn't indeed. It? So yeah. Once the world stops ending, it's I've very much this, worth yeah. going and seeing these cars. They are beautiful pieces of engineering. But uh, this thing is just—I mean, it's gold, which is a fairly, a fairly um, attractive color. Yes, but you, you can't miss it if, when it's you when worked, you go there. Wars, it, it, so. it stands out. I mean, also it being the size of a mm. house means you can't really miss it. Unfortunately, That's a fair point. <laughs> it's thought that the car only did about 40 miles during its working life and it can't run again. No. <laughs> is it also, is it, no. It uh, basically, there were problems that they didn't think about in the manufacture of the engine, which means the block's now too porous and the car can't actually run. <laughs> so it's turned itself oh. into somewhat of a glass cannon, unfortunately. <laughs> well, they could do what um, electric cars do these days and put like synthesized noises on it. <laughs> you just suggest that we put a couple yeah. of motors on the wheels and exactly. make the noise ourselves. With their lips. I yeah. think you'd noise. be better off judging by the size of the engine with <laughs> the noise of things collapsing, like skyscrapers. That kind of noise, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, so that was how the British yeah, got the land that's... speed record back by the end of the 20s. <laughs> oh, that's what he's doing. Um, it was a no, supermarine engine, yeah, wasn't it, engine. in that one? Hmm. It was, yes, um... that's the one. Do you know what I love most about the, the W12 moment. configuration? So, yeah. That the Life F1 so, project in 1990 also had that configuration, and we all saw how successful <laughs> that was. 
Did that even run? Yes, it Monty. did, but nowhere near the speeds that these things did 80 years before it. <laughs> yeah, so I probably would have been quite happy to reach 230. It would have been quite I happy to have reached think... 120 based on what service stories I've read of it. <laughs> I think that's going to do it. Um, so yeah, those are our sort of cars of the decades of the 20s, but not these 20s, the other the 20s. The roaring 20s. Precisely. No, not the COVID 20s. Well, there we go. Oh, I guess we'll so there we go. We got. I, say, I guess we'll see everyone again for the thirties then I'm... soon. Well, no, we no, 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 don't, don't, yes. don't get ahead of ourselves here, my friend. We've got the road cars to do oh, at some yes. point soon. Oh yeah. And that. So, uh, but anyway, so that's going to do it for the race cars of the of the twenties. We've had Millimilia winners, we've had Le Mans twenty four hour winners, and a bunch of Landspeed record cars because that's what that was what was big back then. You know it. it but uh, yeah, thank you very much to all my guests, uh, Monty. Your presence, as always, has uh, livened the mood and made it very unique. <laughs> oh, always a pleasure to be here, sir. Yep, one more for it. And the rest of you, I'll probably see you before too long. <laughs> oh, no, another podcast. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's going to do it for uh, this particular, this first edition, technically, of the new podcast of uh, the Stevie Automotive as Stevie Auto Cars of the Decade. Plural, because it's now series. Um, thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next Ciao, time. Take care hey, and goodbye. It's only for now. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>